Welcome to Critical Issues Commentary, the podcast ministry of Gospel of Grace Fellowship, a non-denominational Christian church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. This is Jessica Kramis, your host for today, and I'm speaking with Bob DeWay, Gospel of Grace's teacher and theologian and author of Critical Issues Commentary. In this article, we are discussing CIC issue number 48, The Dishonoring of God in Popular Spiritual Warfare Teachings. You can find that at the website CICministry.org. This week, we are going to talk about this idea of a Jezebel spirit. Now, I actually just heard this very recently from a popular false teacher named Jeremiah Johnson. So this idea of a Jezebel spirit or Jezebel being in control of our nation is still a current idea. But even back when you wrote this article, that was a thing. It's kind of perhaps coming back around. So when they're talking about this Jezebel, what are they speaking of? Well, it, again, the allegorical method of Bible interpretation gives them a lot of leeway. Okay. So the idea, the big picture was, and this was in the 80s. I'm citing a book from the 80s. Okay. I wrote it in 98. But the idea was uh, there was an Elijah to fight Jezebel in the Old Testament. Yes. Is Jezebel mentioned Revelation? Yes. So the, the letter to Thyatira. Yeah, okay. So they extrapolate that and say, well, the Jezebel spirit is ruling. And generally, they're interested in America because of the prevailing post-millennial view that's been in our country since its inception. Yes. And that would be a good topic sometime. Post-millennialism is false wherever it shows up and whoever teaches it. Okay. We're not going to have the millennial reign of Christ come to America and Christ is still in heaven. The millennium isn't about America anyhow. It's about right. Jerusalem and Israel. Mm -hmm. But don't tell us Americans that because we think we're the center of the universe. It's not true. Yeah. There's the whole world. Nations exist. They have boundaries. But we're here to spread the gospel to all nations. Amen. So here comes the Jezebel teaching. Amazing. That that was the big thing in the 80s. Okay. And it fizzled out and came to nothing. But now it's back again. So let me show you the original version. Okay. See this article. Francis Frangipane was one of the promoters of this. All right. And... Um, I'm quoting him. Francis Frangipane claims that he sold thousands of books. I'm sure he did. The church that successfully wars against Jezebel will be a church that inherits the glorious morning star, he says, which will be visible outward glory, a symbol of hidden inward purity, will be a church that exercises authority over the nations, uniquely because it has conquered the Jezebel spirit, which sought to strip God's servants of authority, unquote. Francis Frangipane, I believe in 1989, is footnoted in my article. And so he supposes that the Jezebel in Revelation 2.20 is a spirit being 
being that is currently controlling much of society and the church. Okay. So you said you've heard about that again now? Yes, and it, it just came out very recently. In this case, the Jezebel spirit is, is feminism that has emasculated the men, and we're having all these issues in Washington because we've allowed feminism into America. Now, that's not to say feminism is good, but we can't look at what is going on in Washington, D.C. and say, well, there's a Jezebel spirit. And if all the men would rule their homes properly, we wouldn't be in this situation. Well, that's so similar to the late 70s and early 80s. Yes. Hearing about the Jezebel spirit. Now, what's right or wrong for Christians and their families and churches is important. Right. Okay. We're not minimizing that, but there's a huge problem when you assume America is a church. Right. And that American uh, civil leaders are elders. Right. And that uh, all the authorities are elders and deacons and all the citizens are church members and we better straighten it all out. Yes. Okay. It should be simple, but Americans don't get it. And to those around the world that are hearing this, uh, I'm sorry that our country exports so much stuff, but let's just get it right. It may show up anywhere. Okay. Right. Uh, the letters in Revelation 2 were to churches. Yes. Not countries. All not right. Geopolitical entities. Right. And there may very well be persons who are like Jezebel that are doing wicked things. Okay. But the Jezebel in the Old Testament was an actual person. Right. Not a spirit in the heavenlies. Yes. Now, I looked up this passage in both a MacArthur Study Bible and a Reformation Study Bible to get because they both have differing perspectives on Revelation. I wanted to compare the two. Yeah. And they both said that this Jezebel was a literal woman in Thyatira who was leading them into sexual immorality and idolatry. Okay. So, I mean, it seems to be pretty well accepted among conservative theologians that this was a literal person. This isn't a spirit. And so the issue wasn't... Um in that case, merely gender, but right. it was the moral law of God. That's, I have that in front of me. Should I read it? Go ahead. All right. But I have this against you, that you tolerate the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess and teaches and leads my bondservants astray so that they commit acts of immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, and she does not want to repent of her immorality. Behold, I will throw her on a bed of sickness and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds. Okay. So we have clear teaching about what God approves of. Right. And I was dealing with an actual situation. Yes. Now, I'm not sure the current version of this, but I wrote this article about the new apostolic reformation. And what, what issue was that? 103, I think. 
And the problem is this, there, there's assumption that apostles and prophets were lost because the church fumbled away their responsibility. Okay. And there's also this teaching that the different churches in Revelation are church ages in church history. Okay. And so then you work your way through the churches through different ages. Okay. And that sometimes comes into play as well. But there's no evidence that that's what John was talking about in, in Revelation 2, future ages of church history. Right. We believe these are letters to literal churches that yeah. existed yeah. at and that time. Map and see the area where they were in uh, Asia Minor and, and different places. John was on Patmos. So these are literal places. It's not allegorical. It's not allegorical of various eras of church history, as some have claimed. And the Elijah, we've already talked about that. Yes. And so the previous Elijah was John the Baptist, paved the way for Messiah. Mm -hmm. And then in the future, which is during the tribulation period, which doesn't begin until the rapture. Now, not everybody believes there'll be a rapture. Not everybody believes there'll be a tribulation other than the church age. But I think we got really strong arguments to say that there will be a rapture and there will be a literal tribulation. Okay. Yeah. There's two prophets at that point. Yes. Uh, but whatever the case, America isn't the center of world history. No. America isn't the center of redemption history. No. And the promises in the future are looking to Jesus reigning literally on earth from Jerusalem. Yes. Okay. It's, it's not here. Right. And so if you want to say that, no, that never happens. The church is the new Israel which is false, but a lot of people believe that who otherwise have rather orthodox theology. Okay. They're amillennialists. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that's correct, but that doesn't prove an Elijah spirit and a Jezebel spirit and that America is the new center of the millennial kingdom. And that if Elijah's raised up to cast down Jezebel or the Jezebel spirit, that the millennium will come to America. Right. And this kind of thinking has been around uh, for so long. And I wrote an article about that. If you contact us, I'll, I'll find it. Um, Charles Finney taught that yeah. if it's worked harder, the millennium would come to America. Okay. Finney was a Pelagian, which is a heresy. Yes. But what about this frangipane? Okay. So he supposes that this is Revelation 220 is a spirit controlling much of society. And so the modern prophets are the enemies of Jezebel. And so that Elijah spirit is in these modern day apostles and prophets. Okay. And so let me quote him. Here's what he said. All right. Seeing Jezebel so blatantly manifests herself, only confirms that the spirit of Elijah is also here bringing repentance 
and raising up warring prophets throughout our land. All right. Well, and that's just about exactly what Jeremiah Johnson was saying. We need the warring prophets. Okay. So is he telling us why Frangipane, Silvoso, uh, the whole group from the 70s and 80s apparently failed? You know, I don't know, but I guess he would, he's typically one who all will bring it back to you didn't have enough faith. You're too weak. You weren't able to accomplish it. Okay. So Somehow it would turn around to a man-centered man's to blame. Yeah. You fumbled it away. Right. Well, you fumbled away the ball. And that was back in my day. Yeah. I heard all of this and it wasn't new. I, I detailed this in that article I wrote. It goes way back. Yeah. In lead, William Branham. Now some of his heresies are coming back on the scene. He died in a car crash in 1965. He's mentioned by these apostles and prophets that were under C. Peter Wagner and so on. Okay. Uh, C. Peter Wagner brought some credibility to the movement because he was a professor at Fuller Seminary. All right. And he gathered with other apostles. And I've written articles about this. How do you know your apostle? Well, these prophets told me. How do you know your prophets? Well, these apostles told me. Right. And so in logic, we call that self-referentially incoherent. Okay. And I don't know how the latest version knows anything like this. And, they, and the grandiose claims never cease. And, you know, I was reading these books, and we'll, we'll talk about that. We gave a little preview a couple times ago. Yeah. And I was thinking about the books on prayer that are out there, a lot of them. Okay. And I thought about this. They could almost say the opposite of John the Baptist. Yeah. Because when John the Baptist, who Jesus said was figuratively the Elijah or the fulfillment of the Elijah prophecy in Malachi. Right. Um, what did John the Baptist say? He must increase and I must decrease. Yeah. Remember that? I do. And so I'm reading these books as research, and I remember we talked about this, uh, Jessica, it's almost they're saying he must decrease and I must increase. Right. Or he must decrease and the church must increase. Right. And they're, they don't say that literally, but they're theologically decreasing the role of Christ and increasing the status of their definition of the church. Right. And they're saying, Christ isn't going to do this. He can only do what we give him the authority or the opportunity to do when we get it right. Wow. That's and very I'm, troubling. It's very, very bad. So what kind of a Elijah is saying about Christ? He must decrease. Well, they don't actually say that. They're saying, we didn't get it right. He's held in the heavens until. That was uh, who? Earl Polk, I think, wrote that. But you can correct me if I'm wrong. There was a bunch of scandals with Earl Polk back in the 80s. But this has been going on for decades and decades. Okay. And it just never comes to anything, but it hurts people. It confuses people. Yeah. Right? So yep. I just looked it, I just I, looked it up. Earl Polk was the one who wrote Held in the Heavens until. Well, there you so, go. Yeah. I'll look things up. I got something <laughs> right. 
when it came to a reference. And so <laughs> Earl Polk had all these books. Well, then I don't know what what all happened, but he's not. He went away. Yeah. And, uh, but the ideas yeah. are still around. Well, it's never going to be true. Yeah. And one thing it doesn't do is give us confidence that God will save lost sinners through what Paul ironically called the foolishness of the message preach. I'm going to be preaching on this in the next month or two as I'm in 1 Corinthians 1. And if you want to know what the real spiritual attacks are, what the armor of God's about, and what Satan is always doing in his accusing of the brethren, is attacking the gospel and the sufficiency of Christ. Right. Always. Exactly. The attack is you can't trust God and his promises. Christ isn't sufficient. The scriptures aren't sufficient. You need to take charge. You need new revelations. Everybody that read the Bible for what it says had it wrong. We have this secret that we figured out. And it goes on and on. And that's not surprising. God predicted it. Yes. He said evil men and imposters will proceed from bad to worse in the last days, deceiving and being deceived. Yes, we see that. Right. So what's the answer? To cast out a Jezebel spirit? No. No. Remember, what did Paul say to Timothy? Remember what you learned and who you learned it from. From Paul, who was an ordained authoritative apostle appointed by Christ, who saw the resurrected Christ, was a real apostle who wrote for God. Yes. Amen. And so don't listen to these people. They're not apostles. They're not prophets. They're false teachers. They're full of themselves. They don't honor God. They don't honor Christ. But they're saying, you're not getting it unless you learn some secret to defeat, in this case, the Jezebel spirit. Right. I thought that all went away, but here it is again. Yeah. One thing about false teaching, it certainly sticks around. That's right. And you know, well, what's proof of that? If you think about it, they go back to Eve, Adam and Eve in the garden and uh, they enhance Adam's status of having dominion, meaning Adam was a god over the whole world. We talked about that. Right. He fumbled it away to Satan and then Jesus got it back and now we got to try to get it back because the church fumbled it away. The whole scheme isn't biblical. Right. But Every one of those teachings diminishes the idea of God's sovereign rule over his own creation. Yes. And what about just the Reformation, the solas? Scripture alone, Christ alone, grace alone, faith alone, to the glory of God alone. How does it glorify God to say that God uh, can't rule his own universe without the church helping him. Right. It doesn't. He does not need our help. Now, the Jezebel spirit is, when that, I'll, I'll just give you a little historical background from my perspective of being around when this happened. Okay. So some people start teaching that um, women having certain prominence, uh, and we don't believe that elders are to be women. 
right. or men. Um, but this idea that the whole problem of the church is caused if women have any role, I'm not sure exactly what they're trying to get at. Yeah. Okay. But that was prominent in the 70s. But let's just do binding and losing based on scripture and what's right. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the Jezebel spirit and all that came out. Well, then there was a reaction to that. And we got the Evangelical Women's Caucus. Okay. Saying the problems are caused by abusive men and bad fathers and pronouns. Okay. Okay. And uh, there were people, and I, I, I lived through all of this, and it got so bad that if when you're in seminary, if you say he, in a generic sense, you get an F on your paper. Wow. Uh, I, rem I remember I once referred to the founding fathers and got a bad grade. Yeah, right. And so <laughs> you got the Jezebel spirit and the Evangelical Women's Caucus and confusion reigns supreme. Yes. Now, the only way we'll ever have stability and joy and hope is if we believe what God said in his word. Now, yes, doctrine is disputed, but let's get the scripture out and believe what it says and look at the evidence. Right. Is there any evidence that Revelation 2.20 is referring to a spirit being that'll be over America in the 20th century, now we're 1980s or 1990s, yeah. Elijah would be a group of prophets that are going to cast down the Jezebel spirit. Does Revelation 2.20 say that? No. No. And so you don't have to be a good science fiction writer to be a theologian. Right. Well, and it's oh, even a bigger no. stretch. The one now, the one now is Nancy Pelosi is this Jezebel. So, okay. But that goes back to what you were saying. It's Our okay. government isn't the church. America's not the church. Right. Leaders in the government are not leaders in the church. No, Nancy Pelosi is a civil leader. Yes. But America's not the church. The House of Representatives isn't, uh, a church body like elders in a local congregation. Right. Uh, if you want to debate, don't throw out these, or the Jezebel spirit, debate ideas and what's right and wrong and what is valid and invalid and what is going to be harmful and what's going to be beneficial. In America, we have the right to debate ideas. Right. And we want to preserve our opportunity to preach Christ and the gospel and assemble in his name and practice the means of grace. And that's always important. Learn from Acts. Okay. Right. But calling Nancy Pelosi Jezebel certainly get a lot of clicks, as they say now. <laughs> yeah. He, he had to actually sell books. They didn't have clicks. Yeah. I... Nobody I vote for ever wins here in Minnesota, but I still vote. Right. And if I hoped in this life only, what did Paul say? First Corinthians 15, if we 
hope in this life only were of all men most to be pitied. Yes. But and that doesn't mean we do nothing. We've got to, we've got to take control of the heavenlies and bring heaven to earth. That's what this is about. And then they come up with plans to do that. But did Jesus say that? Did no. he say you that repentance for forgiveness of sins, he said, should be preached in my name, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. Paul was so adamant, and he was converted after that was said to the original disciples and apostles, that he would get to Rome because there he could testify of the gospel and would go all over the world. Right, and that's exactly what happened. Now, I would challenge everyone who's been touched by this false doctrine. Read the book of Acts without trying to read anything into it, but what is Luke telling us? Okay. I recently challenged our own congregation to do that. And interestingly, I taught that the Holy Spirit-inspired author determines the meaning. And then in a sermon, Pastor Eric preached, and I didn't know he was going to do this, that the Holy Spirit-inspired author determines the meaning. He had a whole PowerPoint on that. Yeah. And so that was interesting. But yeah. if you let the Scripture speak for itself, it won't give you Latter-day Apostles and Prophets Elijah spirit, Jezebel spirit, America is the new Israel. The millennium comes to America, and then it's going to get to the rest of the world. And Christ is held in the heavens. Christ has to diminish so the church can increase in power and authority. We have authority over the heavenlies. We run the divine council meeting, not God. That's a lie. Wow. And I would challenge you, go to Jude verses 8 through 10. Okay. It's very clear that the point is that these intruders go where they don't belong. Yes. And so if Michael didn't dare uh, dispute with an angel, with Satan, just look at it. Yeah, I'll read it real quick. You have it right Jude there. verses 8 through 10. Likewise, also, these dreamers defile the flesh, reject authority, and speak evil of dignitaries. Yet Michael, the archangel, in contending with the devil, when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke you. But these speak evil of whatever they do not know, and whatever they know naturally, like brute beasts, in these things they corrupt themselves." Right. I'm going to read the next verse too. Woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, have run greedily in error of Balaam for profit, and have perished in the rebellion of Korah. Right. So I have uh, taught on that. If you go to ggf.church, which is our church website, Gospel Grace Fellowship, ggf.church, find the sermon from December 6, 2020, and I cover all that. All right. Now, we don't know what the issue about the body of Moses was, but we don't need to to get the point. Right. And so it's a greater to lesser argument. The greater, Michael wouldn't go directly against Satan, who, by the way, comes to the divine council meetings. Yes. Okay. 
uh, then he said the Lord rebuke him because God is in charge of Satan, not us. Right. And let's start with what it says there that we can know and understand and let that inform our worldview. But the idea that God can't do anything on the earth until we cast down the hostile powers is not biblical. It's blasphemous, frankly. It is. And if these false teachers want to debate this, it'd be interesting to see how they could. Right. I don't I don't I don't get why they won't listen to scripture. But they don't. Yeah. And so dear listeners, God will care for you. He loves you. He promised that nothing will separate you from his love. We need to understand what the Bible says when it does teach something and not allow allegorical interpretations to confuse us, to harm us, to send us off in every direction you can imagine. And it leaves a bad, bad outcome. Uh, my wife and I were just talking uh, a couple nights ago, last night actually at dinner, uh, we were eating some fish and remembering when I was in a group, I got out of this. I used to be in that and I got out. Right. And we started a church uh, in downtown Minneapolis at the time, about 1980. And we ended up doing funerals for some of the older persons who were part of that. And they were those poor people. They were one one of the most godly ladies I ever knew, uh, a, a pastor and I, mm-hmm. were visiting her, and she said, what did I do wrong? I don't wow. know anybody. You probably remember her. Grandma Ann, we called her, remember? Oh, yes, I do. And she felt so uh, afraid because she must have done something wrong because she was very, very old and she was dying. And we said, Grandma, you didn't do anything wrong. Right. You love God and you serve him. But see, these false teachings eventually strip people of their hope and their comfort. Yes. Romans 8, 28 to 39 doesn't even weigh on people. And these young uh, hotshot preachers full of themselves, full of energy, we're going to fight Satan. We're Elijah. We're going to cast down the demons. If you're sick, Woe to you, you don't know what you're doing. And they just get pounded by these kind of teachers. And they believe all these conspiracy theories. Then when they are elderly, they're so afraid. Right. They have so little comfort. And Diane and I were talking about that, that. We need to give doctrine now that will comfort the saints through the rest of their lives. Amen. So these young men that are railing against the Jezebel spirit, this some leader in Washington. Okay, so what if people listen to you and their hope is what? If if Nancy Pelosi eventually doesn't get elected, then is Jezebel cast down and the millennium came to America? Probably not. Well, we have access yeah. to the throne. Well, we know a millennium's not coming to America, and whether or not no, Nancy coming. Pelosi is ever reelected really isn't relevant. We don't know the future. Yeah. God appoints rulers, and so there's all these verses. So I said to someone who had been affected by this, well, we need to pray. 
Well, isn't there something they see? Here's the problem. The doctrine of prayer seems to have been hurt and belittled. Yes. Because of this false worldview. Mm -hmm. So if God's not in charge of his own divine counsel, and he's turned headship over to the church, then people end up, rather than praying to God for mercy, to grant different people repentance yeah, for the spread of the gospel, they think, no, you're praying wrong. You're supposed to spend your prayer time rebuking Satan. Right. So. Which is what you would have to do if you had God not being in charge of his own divine counsel. So let me just uh, leave, leave us with this. Don't diminish the promises of God, his love, his mercy, his care for his own people, his power to protect us even when evil people are in charge and are attacking us. He will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He's with us. And the promises of God will bring us all the way to glory. And by diminishing God and exalting certain elite people, we're not giving hope and comfort to God's flock. Right. It, it never works. Now, I don't know if anybody will listen to me, but I've been hearing this for almost 50 years now. It's failed every time, the false teachers. Yep. They and all, it always will. Always fail. It never happens. But the promise of God is still true, and it will never fail. Amen. He says, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He has said that. Yeah. I have said, I'll never leave you, forsake you, or forsake you. So we have confidence. We have hope. It's not right that the elderly who have been subject to false teaching all their lives end up in trepidation and fear on their deathbed because the church failed to even share with them that they're safe and that Christ bring them all the way to glory. Amen. We are out of time for this edition of Critical Issues Commentary Radio. You can access this episode and many others, as well as years worth of articles at the website, cicministry.org. While you're there, click on contact and send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. We want to encourage you to stand firm in one spirit, with one mind, and strive together for the faith of the gospel. For Critical Issues Commentary, this is Jessica Kramis. And Bob DeWay. We'll see you next week.